hello it is Kayla again and now I'm going to record um, some information that I have on hyperparathyroidism and hypoparathyroidism uh, so again these are notes that I've taken from our reading that was assigned for med search and I am just recording my notes so they are not perfect I may make mistakes I can't read my own writing and um, I hope that doesn't hinder you from your learning experience today. So uh, let's start. So hyperparathyroidism. So I've started here saying, what do the parathyroid glands even do? So they maintain calcium and phosphate balance. Increased PTH or parathyroid hormone will act on the kidneys to reabsorb calcium and to increase phosphorus excretion. And this causes hypercalcemia and hypophosphatemia. So low phosphorus, increased calcium. Bone stuff that happens with hyperparathyroidism. So the increased parathyroid hormone causes increased bone resorption. So that's kind of eating away at the bone, uh, which is... Yeah, I put that, which is basically eating away at the bone, um, to increase calcium levels in blood. And this is called decreasing osteoblastic activity. So it decreases bone density. Uh, causes. What causes hyperparathyroidism? So parathyroid tumors or cancer, congenital hyperplasia, neck trauma, radiation, uh, vitamin D deficiency, chronic kidney disease with hypocalcemia, uh, nope, parathyroid hormone, uh, secreting, carcin secreting carcinomas of the lungs, kidney, or GI tract. Yeah, okay. Um, and then the assessment. So, Things to ask, we would ask about history of bone fractures, if there's any weight loss, have they ever had arthritis or, or have arthritis. Um, if it's chronic, the skin pallor is waxy, there might be bone deformities. Um, increased parathyroid hormone causes kidney stones, bone cysts, and um, osteoporosis. GI problems would be anorexia, nausea, vomiting, epigastric pain, constipation, and weight loss. Uh, increased gastrin can cause peptic ulcer disease. Um, they may also get fatigued or lethargic. Um, if it's greater than 12 milligrams per deciliter, they might end up with psychosis or confusion. There could be coma and death. Uh, and, oh, I said check out my episode on calcium imbalances. So, yeah, this chapter or this section that we read doesn't go straight into, like, all the hypocalcemia stuff. But luckily, I already made an episode on hypo and hypercalcemia. So, check that out. Um, and this can lead to calcium imbalances. Um, the labs to detect hyperparathyroidism. Uh, 
calcium, phosphorus, cyclic adenosine monophosphate, serum, um, PTH. Other stuff would be uh, x-rays, CTs, arteriography, uh, ultrasound, and don't forget to explain to the patient what's happening. So now our interventions, um, and remember this is hyperparathyroidism, so interventions, non-surgical and surgical interventions. The non-surgical would be diuretic and hydration therapy, which would be like furosemide and IV saline. More serious, um, you might use sinicalcet or Asensipar, and this is a calcium mimetic. This drug binds to calcium-sensitive receptors on the parathyroid tissue to stop PTH from releasing, and we want to make sure we check for hypocalcemia. Then uh, oral phosphates, because these interfere with calcium absorption, and calcitonin, it helps to decrease calcium from bone and increase kidney uh, excretion of calcium. Calcitonin works better with glucocorticoids, according to the reading. Other non-surgical interventions. So we want to check the heart and ECG status. We want to check on the T wave and the QT interval. We also want to check if there's any sudden drops in calcium. And we need to prevent injury. So primarily, there's bone injury. And we may you need to use a lift sheet carefully to move the patient. So surgical management for hyperparathyroidism. There would be a parathyroidectomy, so that would remove the parathyroid glands. Uh, calcium levels should be close, close to normal before surgery. Um, the parathyroid glands are going to be checked for enlargement, and if there's a tumor, then the the tumor ones will be removed. Um, the other ones can usually stay. If there are remaining glands, then it might take days to weeks to get back to a normal um, state. Hypocalcemia crisis um, may happen. So the signs of hypocalcemia are twitching and tingling in the extremities and face. Remember Trousseau, tru not Trousseau, Trousseau's and Schwalstek. Um, those signs and check if they have a hoarse voice or a weird voice because um, patterns in the yeah voice patterns <laughs> may change because the laryngeal nerve may have been damaged during surgery okay and when hyperparathyroidism is caused by hyperplasia then two no no Three and a half glands are removed, or all four glands are removed, but a half of a gland is placed in the forearm. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then the patient may need lifelong calcium and vitamin D supplementation. Okay, so that was hyperparathyroidism. So now let's talk about hypoparathyroidism. So it's almost kind of the same. Um, but it's opposite, if that made sense. So it happens when parathyroid function is decreased. There's decreased parathyroid hormone, or parathyroid hormone is not being um, used effectively. So if hypo, nope, if hyper 
hyperparathyroidism causes hypercalcemia. Then hypoparathyroidism causes hypocalcemia. There are a couple of forms of hypoparathyroidism. There's iatrogenic, which is the common form, and it's because of the removal caused it's caused by the removal of the parathyroid tissue. So iatrogenic is a common form and it's from the removal of the parathyroid tissue. There's also idiopathic and this is possibly autoimmune but of course we don't know yet and there's a lot of things we still don't know but we don't know. <laughs> and then hypomagnesemia it's usually seen in people with malabsorption syndrome, uh, chronic kidney disease, or malnutrition, and decreased magnesium suppresses PTH secretion. So what is our assessment going to look like? So we got to ask, uh, do they have any head or neck surgery? Have they ever had a serious head or neck injury? Have they ever been strangled? Um, do they have any signs and symptoms of hypocalcemia, like tingling or muscle stuff or, you know, severe muscle cramps, uh, spasms and seizures, uh, or if they have really low uh, calcium levels? Uh, we might see muscle contractions, trostic, trousseau, loss of tooth calcium and enamel. Diagnostic tests would be uh, EEG. Uh, blood tests or CT and finally our interventions for hypoparathyroidism yes would be to correct hypocalcemia vitamin D and hypomagnesemia um, they may have or we may give IV calcium 10% calcium chloride or calcium gluconate over 10 to 15 minutes. Vitamin D deficiency treatment would be calcitrol, or yeah, calcitrol, um, and that would be 0 0.5 to 2 milligrams daily. For acute hypomagnesemia treatment, we would do 50% magnesium sulfate in 2 milliliter doses, and for long term calcium. Yeah, long-term calcium intake might be needed. Uh, vitamin D supplementation would be 50,000 to 400,000, I believe it's units daily. And we always need to teach about their medications, about the disease process, what like testing they're going to go through. Uh, we need to help reduce any anxiety, teach diet, make sure we increase calcium and lower phosphorus. Okay, that's all I got. So thank you for listening. That was hyperparathyroidism and hypoparathyroidism. I hope that helped and uh, thank you. Have a good day.